0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you tune in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. And y'all, we have got something fun in store. For the month of October, which is when I'm recording this, I am going to be dedicating the next few episodes to National Women's Small Business Month. As a female entrepreneur myself, I think that this would be such a cool opportunity for us to not only talk about my own journey as an entrepreneur, but also highlight a few of the other women that I have just been truly inspired by and the way that they are growing their own businesses and changing lives and the world along the way. Now, even if you are not an entrepreneur, I think you're going to love these conversations because I think that there is one key element that is interwoven into, well, really entrepreneurship, our health journeys, and really every journey that we are on ever, and that is mindset. So if you're wondering, well, we haven't talked about entrepreneurship yet, why are we talking about that now? I think it's because mindset, which y'all have heard me talk plenty about, is a huge, huge piece of this journey. So even if having your own business is not something that you currently have or Want for yourself. I think there is so much wisdom that you can glean through these next few episodes in honor of National Women's Small Business Month. Now, we're going to kick things off today with my own entrepreneurial journey story. I'm going to talk to you about how I got started as an entrepreneur, how my business has evolved over the last few years, and a few of the big lessons that I'd like to share with you that I've learned so far. I am not an expert by any means. I have so much to learn and so far to go. And most days I kind of just feel like I'm winging it, but (laughs) I don't think that's unique to me. I think a lot of us feel that way. So um, that being said, I, I, I like to think that I've learned a couple of things that I can share. And if having your own business is a dream that you have on your heart, maybe hearing the stories of myself and other women and how they got started could really inspire you as well. Now, I want to also ask y'all if you guys are enjoying this podcast, if you like what you hear and you keep coming back week to week, it is such an honor to have you listen. And one of the best ways that you can support this podcast is just by sharing it with a friend. If you are listening on iTunes, you can also leave me a five-star review and, and write write what your favorite part is about this show. You know, I don't currently have ads on this show. Maybe one day we will, but this is something that I produce along with the help of my virtual assistant, Jill, which I'll talk a little bit more about how she supports me as well. And really all I get back from the show is the opportunity to share my heart and my story with you all. And if you want to support our work as we do that, I would love for you to share it and leave us a review. So thank you so much. Let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. All right. Kaya, the entrepreneur, how the heck did this happen? (laughs) I don't really think that I knew or Necessarily set out or intended to be an entrepreneur. Um, So I'm going to just kind of share, I guess, the way that things have unfolded for me to get me to where I'm at now, which is a full time self employed entrepreneur. So crazy. Still kind of blows my mind if I'm being honest. I mean, if we look back to when I was younger, I mean, I guess my entrepreneur journey started at a young age. Now, listen, I grew up in the middle of nowhere or the middle of everywhere, depending on how you want to look at it. But Technically, I didn't even grow up in a town. Like my address where I grew up, the post office for that address is an hour away. That's how rural I am. So my first entrepreneurial journey was not a lemonade stand, not really much of an option. We didn't get a lot of traffic on the ranch, just mostly, you know, cows, maybe some wild elk, maybe some antelope and a cousin. Here and there. So my entrepreneurship started differently than, you know, the classic kiddo with a lemonade stand. I guess when I think about it, my first entrepreneur experience was maybe having a booth at my local craft show. And again, keeping in mind how rural my community was. Like everybody in town had to come for it to even happen. It was at the little old schoolhouse that my grandma grew up going to school in. It was a one-room schoolhouse. And I had a little booth there And what I had was a little movie theater and I had popcorn. And honestly, this movie theater, I was like, hey, I have a DVD that I'm, or maybe it was a VHS at the time. Honestly, I don't know. And I'm going to play this movie and you can pay to come and get popcorn and get to watch the movie for free. Because let's be honest, I didn't have the license to to have, you know, a movie theater. I mean, this was literally in the backstage of a little one room schoolhouse stage, but we're going to keep things legit and legal here. Okay. I'm a real time entrepreneur. And honestly, it was probably more of just a daycare. Like moms that were at the craft show were like, okay, go watch this movie so I can go shop and buy some local goods. Um, And that's kind of how I started. I also had my dad cut these wood rounds out of juniper trees from the ranch. And I used this old soldering tool to like burn fun, funky, cool designs in them. And I would sell them as coasters. So big time entrepreneur at the Carissa Plains craft show, Lookout Worlds, Here I Come. <laughs> and I guess the other way that I started as an entrepreneur was showing animals in 4-H and FFA. So I had these animal projects. When I was younger, I raised pigs and then I raised steers and I would raise them and sell them at my local county fair. And that's really where I saved up most of the money that I had as a teenager. And when I was in high school, I was going to show a heifer one year at the fair and just quick, quick um, cow 101 or bovine 101, I should say. If you hear the word cow, cow means a bovine animal that has had a baby and a heifer is a female that has not had a baby yet. A steer is a male that is no longer intact. It's been castrated. And a bull is a male that is intact, which means that it could still breed. Y'all didn't think I'd be talking about castration on this entrepreneur podcast, but here we are. Squirrel, this is the rabbit hole that I'm going down. If I sound scattered on this episode, just know that that is also a reflection of me as an entrepreneur. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to show this heifer at my county fair one year. I think I was a junior in high school. And this heifer, her name was Annabelle, but I decided to call her Lucy instead, which was short for Lucifer. She was wild. Like one day she'd be really sweet and the next day I was convinced she was going to eat me alive. Like she was just very moody and very wild and I couldn't take her to my county fair. So I ended up keeping her and Annabelle slash Lucifer was the first heifer to start my very own cattle herd. I had my own registered cattle brand separate from the ranch's brand. And I start my own, I started my own cattle herd when I was in high school. And I had it through college. My mom helped me take care of the animals while I was away at college. But funny story, I actually sold my very first bull calf to pay for the down payment on my dorm room my freshman year of college. So I guess my entrepreneurial journey started with craft shows and livestock. And I think it's just so true to think that cows have been interwoven into every single aspect of my life starting at a very young age. (laughs) I know y'all didn't come on here to hear about my um, 4-H and FFA animals and craft show days. So let's fast forward a little bit. Now, I mentioned earlier that I didn't necessarily set out to be an entrepreneur. When I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. And when I was in high school, I got in an RTV accident on the ranch and I ended up having to spend eight days in the hospital and the nurses in the hospital were my saving grace. I just appreciated them so much. And I decided, you know what? I want to give that to someone else. I want to be able to help people when they're in need. Maybe I'll go to school to be a nurse. And so I went away to college. I was undeclared biological sciences thinking, hey, why not just be a nurse? Maybe I could be a doctor. And then freshman year, I took my very first chemistry class And let's just say that I quickly realized that the medical profession was not going to be for me. (laughs) So I switched my major and I became a human development major with a minor in education and I still wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to be when I, you know, quote unquote, grew up. All I knew was that my grandpa always told me when I was little that whatever I did had to be something in people and I just wasn't really sure what that looked like. Like, Thank you, grandpa, for the advice, but what the heck does that mean? What does it mean to work with people? How is that going to is that gonna unfold in my life? Now, after I graduated college, my heart pulled me back towards the agriculture industry that I grew up in, and I really found this special place for myself in agriculture communications. It was a way for me to marry my passions for agriculture with my passions for people by really telling the story of agriculture to consumers that maybe didn't know anything about it behind the scenes. And to be honest, you know, I... I kind of liked the whole employee situation, right? Like the idea of showing up to work, doing my job and receiving a steady paycheck sounded good enough to me without having to worry about all the behind the scenes, the overhead, the legal type stuff, all the responsibilities that came with being a boss and being a business owner. I was like, I was totally happy to just be an employee and I really, really enjoyed my first, I guess you could say big kid job, which was at the Kentucky Beef Council. And I learned so much in that job. I was the director of consumer affairs. I met the most wonderful people. I got to network and make some really incredible connections, but there was just one thing missing. I think it was really my desire that I had to have more flexibility and freedom in my life that started pulling me into the direction of considering starting my own business. And I didn't really know what that looked like yet. And The reason that I wanted that freedom was I was living in Kentucky, but all of my family lived over 2,000 miles away in California. And after I graduated from college, before moving to Kentucky, I had lived in Europe. I lived in Germany for a year. So I had already been, you know, away to college for four years. I lived in Europe for a year. And then I moved across the country to an entirely different state. And y'all, I was homesick. I was really homesick. Just ask my husband. He's the one that had to deal with me crying a lot on the days when the homesickness was just a little bit too much to bear. And I think one of the biggest pulls for me was that the week after I moved to Kentucky, my oldest niece McKinley was born. So I missed out on her being born and I missed out on all of my nieces being born. And I just, I felt like I was missing out on their life and this experience and I couldn't just hop on a plane and be there to celebrate their birthdays and there were some months when it would worry me that God forbid if something happened back home, I wouldn't have the time or the money to afford to just hop on a plane on a whim and be there and I wanted more. I wanted more flexibility and I wanted more freedom. I wanted to be able to decide if I get to go home when I want to where I get to work from, and how much money I wanted to make. I wanted more opportunities to create my own schedule, and I wanted the freedom to also be able to create my own wealth instead of just being locked into a set salary. Although, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of freedom in that too, in knowing that there is a paycheck coming. <laughs> oh, Being an entrepreneur definitely has it struggles and its worries. And it has not been a perfectly rosy journey, but it was really this hunger for more freedom in my life that kind of sparked my interest to consider it. So at the time I was working this nine to five job with the Kentucky Beef Council. And one thing I will say, my grandpa always told me that think about it, even if whatever job you're in right now, even if you know this isn't going to be your forever job, my grandpa always told me, think about this position that you're in right now is an opportunity for you to get paid to learn. You are getting a paycheck to learn a new skill or hone in on a new expertise that you will be able to take and carry with you into the next season, whatever that looks like. And I feel like that's really what my position there at the Kentucky Beef Council was. I learned so much in that position and I was getting paid to do it. And so much of what I learned in that position has now served me so well as I pivoted into entrepreneurship now. So if you are at a place right now where you're like, I want to be my own boss one day, but you're not there yet, I want you to think about the job that you're in right now is you being paid to learn, okay? And what a gift is that? You are getting a paycheck to learn a new skill, even if this this isn't your forever job. I want you to consider that little fact because when I focused on that It was so much more empowering to me to be like, this might not be forever, but how can I really embrace all the goodness and opportunities that I'm gaining from being here right now? So I knew that I wanted more freedom in my life, and I wasn't really sure where to even start or what that would even look like. And I did a lot of hoping and wishing I would follow other young female entrepreneurs on Facebook and on Instagram, and I'd be scrolling through and looking at what they were doing and just thinking, man, it would be so cool if I could do that someday. And I would just follow them, stalk them. I don't know. I was pretty obsessively looking at what all of these other really cool young entrepreneurs were doing, and I was just longing for that to be me, just watching and wishing from the sidelines. And guess what happened? Nothing happened. No magical business fell into my lap. And you know why? Because watching, wishing, and hoping are not a strategy. If you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. You have to take action. Imperfect, messy, doubt filled, unsure, scared out of your mind action. That's the only way forward. You're never going to be ready to start. You just have to start. And I kind of realized this. I was like, oh my gosh. Me just just watching and living vicariously through the lives of these other people is not going to be the thing that gives me the freedom that I want. I am going to have to show up and do something about it, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, just to let y'all know, in case you're in that place where you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, I just want to let you in on a little secret. Nobody does. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> Nobody has it all figured out, especially not when you start. When you start anything new, of course, you're not going to know what you're doing, but you got to give yourself permission to learn as you go. And you're not going to learn as you go if you never get going. Okay. Now, I don't think that it was by accident that I kind of started my entrepreneurial journey around the same time as I started my own personal development and health journey. Because really, both of those journeys, my health journey, and my entrepreneur journey were all about changing my beliefs about myself, not only about my body and my self-worth and reestablishing my relationship with myself and how I treated myself, but also challenging my beliefs at what I thought was po- I was possible of and what I was capable of when it came to shifting careers or reaching for more or starting this business. I had so many self-doubts. I had so many gremlins in the back of my head saying, you don't have a business degree. You don't know anything about taxes. What makes you think that you're qualified to do something like this? Just like I had those same gremlins in the back of my mind about all the reasons I wasn't able to be successful in my health journey. You've tried and failed so many times before. What makes you think that this time's going to be any different? Like I had all of these self-doubts in the back of your mind, in my mind. And if you have those self-doubts in the back of your mind... I kind of just think it's part of the process and that's one of the first hurdles we have to overcome. Just because you have a thought in your mind does not mean you have to believe it. You can notice that it's there and continue to show up anyways. And I know that can be easier said than done, but this is kind of why focusing on your mindset, no matter what journey it is that you're on, is the most important place to start. So when it comes to my mindset and when it came to me deciding, okay, I know I want something more for myself. So how am I going to begin? What I did was I started by giving myself some tools and arming myself with some knowledge of how to start, right? So what I did was I started binge listening podcasts and following other kick-ass women entrepreneurs on social media. And instead of thinking, man, it would be so cool if I could do that. I wish I had that. I decided instead to think, "Wow." Look at what is possible. If she can do that and create that, imagine what could be possible for me too. And if she could do this, I wonder what she did to get started. What were her first steps? What did her day one look like? How can I learn from that and model my own journey after others that have been successful too? And let me tell you, friends, there are hundreds of podcasts and blogs out there on the internet of women that have done this who are now teaching you how to do the same thing. And that's where I started. I didn't know where to start, but you know, other people that have done this, they started somewhere and I bet you they're sharing that story and that's where I started. I listened to podcasts like Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy. I listened to podcasts like Jenna Kutcher's The Gold Digger podcast. And I became an avid listener and a student of theirs just by consuming the messages that they had to share. And I finally started reframing my belief about what was possible for me too. If there are other women that can create this career for themselves, some of them not even with having a high school diploma or a college degree, imagine what's possible for me too. So I mentioned that I started my health journey or my entrepreneurial journey around the same time as my health journey. And this is kind of what that looked like. As part of my health journey, I committed to waking up one hour earlier for myself. And what I did was I would use 30 minutes in the morning to move my body. I did free YouTube workout dances in my living room. And I would use the other 30 minutes to journal and brainstorm what my first side hustle business would be. Now I was thinking, okay, what business can I create? Like, What value do I have to offer? What is something that I'm good at and something that I can enjoy and something that I can really do to support or or offer value to other people? Who could my customers be? Now, in my position, my, my nine to five job as the director of consumer affairs, I was learning a ton of great marketing skills at my day job. And my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, Brent, in the evenings when we'd come home from our nine to five job, he would teach me how to use um, software on my on my computer like Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and he was teaching me these tools that I was then using in my nine to five job but i was I was realizing, oh, I love being creative. I love learning these skills, making beautiful graphics, making beautiful images, helping tell the story of agriculture, and using my creative talents and gifts in order to help me do that. How can I pair this, this love and passion for creativity with something that I can add to value to customers? I loved being creative and I loved being in agriculture. So I decided that my first side hustle that I was going to start, and I started it with my boyfriend, Brent, what if it was doing freelance marketing and design for small businesses in agriculture? And that's exactly what we did. So we established our very first business and it was called Burley and Barley Creative and Editorial. Now, the name really was a nod to our ag roots. So, Brent grew up on a tobacco farm in Western Kentucky, hence the Burley reference. Burley is a type of tobacco. And I grew up on a cattle ranch where my family also farms barley, which is a type of wheat. So, it was Burley and barley as a nod to both of our roots in agriculture. And we began really just starting by sharing with our friends and family and acquaintances that like, hey, we're doing this thing on the side. We're creating logos. If your farmer ranch needs a business or needs a logo, we would love to help put one together for you. And we didn't really know what we were doing, but we just had to start somewhere. So Burley and Barley really took many forms, but I started by primarily doing graphics and logo designs for farms, ranches, and small businesses. And I like to jokingly say that As a new entrepreneur, I was enrolled in the University of YouTube because straight up, y'all, I had no idea what I was doing most of the time, but I was committed to learning as I went. I had very basic level knowledge of how to use Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop, and Brent was self-taught too. So we were both self-taught. We didn't really have much business experience in the entrepreneurial sense, but I just knew that I wanted to support these ag businesses, and I was pretty creative, so we were just going to give it a go and see what happened. Now, I dabbled in some other things too. We we called it Burley and Barley Creative and Editorial because we wanted to keep it open ended enough to be able to support those clients of ours in different kinds of ways. So I dabbled in things like social media marketing and consulting. We did some freelance editorial writing. I even did some photography and I barely knew how to use my camera still to this day. I barely know how to use my camera. Thankfully, my husband Brent has a pretty good eye and he takes all of my photos. So if you ever see a beautiful photo of me on the internet, just know that it's my husband behind the camera yelling at me to pose a certain way. And it usually comes out flawless. (laughs) Um, I also did some website design and very unexpectedly I accidentally fell into watercoloring kind of as my niche when it came to design. One of our first clients who was a coworker of my husband's at the time, she asked if I could make her a watercolor style logo for her cookie decorating business. And I thought to myself, watercolor, I don't think I've watercolored since maybe 3rd grade, but I am a bit of a yes gal. So I was like, you know what? I will give it a shot, even though I have no idea how it's going to turn out. So after the nine to five, I would come home every night and I'd work on these logos for my clients. And I took some uh, paint to paper and I created this watercolor logo. I learned how to um, digitize my watercolor designs. And I put together this watercolor logo for her and she absolutely loved it. And when I shared it, Other people apparently loved it too because I started getting more and more requests for these watercolor logos and watercolor illustrations. So having no formal training in art, in design, in graphics, in this software, in watercolor painting, I was making it all up as I went. I did watercolor barns for Christmas tree farms in Michigan. I painted a whole herd of cows wearing accessories for my friend's boutique burlap bovine. Y'all go check her out. And all of these other graphics. I did watercolor houses for people. I mean, I was painting things that I didn't even know I knew how to paint. I was just like, "Eh, I'll give it a try and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) So as we went, I was doing my nine to five thing and I had this little side hustle on the side and it was, it was slow going for sure. But I loved the idea of maybe if I grow this enough, I can leave my full-time job and I can be a full-time entrepreneur. While we were in Kentucky, you know, I was still really, really homesick. And that was the reason that I kind of started this venture. And my husband was ready for a shift in his job too. And this job opened up back home in our my home county in California. And it was for the director, the executive director of our local Farm Bureau. And someone asked me if I wanted to apply and I didn't really feel super qualified for the position But I thought you know what brent might be the perfect fit So he interviewed for the job and he got the job and by some miracle y'all I convinced a southern boy to leave the south and I feel like if I didn't know for sure that he loved me right then And there I was never gonna know because it is not easy to convince a southern boy to leave his home But by some miracle he did he said all right If we're ready for this move, let's go to California. Let's try something new. And I was in this position where I was like, okay, I'm leaving the Kentucky Beef Council. I have this side hustle at the side on the side, but full transparency, I wasn't at a place financially where I was anywhere close where I wanted to be before I decided to take the leap full-time into this job. So I was really met with this decision. Do I move to California and find a full-time job and continue doing this as a side hustle or Do I jump in with both feet and go all in and try to build this business so that it can become full-time sustainable financially for me? And I am so fortunate and lucky and privileged that my now husband, Brent, was willing to say, you know what, babe, if you want to give it a shot, I will carry the financial burden for us for a little while and you can try this out. You can give it a go. You can try full-time as an entrepreneur and see what happens. And at the time, it was terrifying because in my first year of business, the last few months of the year, I think I had only made like $2,000. So I was terrified. We were moving back to California. We were gonna have one income and we were moving to a place that was way more expensive to live and I was giving up my job, my steady paycheck and really taking a chance on myself and asking my my then boyfriend to take a chance on me too. And um, we did it. We moved to California and I became a full-time entrepreneur. We are gonna take a break and I'm gonna share how that business has pivoted because we haven't even gotten to the Coach Kaya part yet. So let's dive on in. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in really quick and see if you're looking to ignite your transformation for creating a healthier life that you love from the inside out. If so, I've got some good news. If you're willing to give me 10 minutes a day for just five days, I just recently launched my new five-day kickstart. In five days, you're going to learn my signature coaching framework, helping hundreds of women around the world ditch diet culture. I'm also going to share the five action steps that you need to start doing right now to ignite that health transformation. And they're likely not what you've been taught from diet programs. And I'm also going to be giving you strategies to create lasting change in your life from the inside out. And the good news, friends, it's 100% free. If you're ready to join the free five-day Kickstart, visit CoachKaya.com to get started. Okay, so we moved to California and I became a full-time entrepreneur, the head boss lady at Burley and Barley Creative and Editorial. And because I had all of my time now to focus on this business, I was able to grow my design business and I picked up some really awesome clients on the West coast that brought in some more income and stability to my business. and I'm so grateful for that. I was continuing to do my illustrations on the side. I continued to dabble in all sorts of different things and I wasn't really sure where I wanted it to go. you know I, I was really enjoying it, but I was I was at a place where I felt like, In order for me to make this sustainable, I'm going to have to expand or hire more team people so I can bring on more clients. Do I want to develop a full-fledged marketing agency? Like, is this where my heart is at? And I loved being able to use my creative talents to support these businesses, you know, especially those businesses that were farms and ranches all across the country but part of me really wanted to use my creative talents for myself. I felt like I was using all of my creative juices for everyone else's businesses and I was feeling a little bit depleted in my own. Suddenly art and creativity began to feel a lot more like work and a lot less fun for me. And at the same time, I had started sharing my health journey Opening up and, and really taking folks along that journey with me on my personal social media pages with with really no intention of other than just sharing sharing it out loud maybe offering some inspiration to my friends and family that followed me and just taking them along for the ride and y'all I was blown away by the response. My family and my friends and acquaintances and people I went to high school with that I hadn't talked to in years kept asking me what I was doing, how are you doing this, you seem so confident, like it's so cool the way you're taking control of your health. And to my surprise, people started reaching out to me in private asking if I did coaching. Like, hello, imposter syndrome. Me? A coach? Am I even qualified to do that? Like, how does one even become a coach? I don't have a degree in coaching, but- yes, I'm a yes girl. So I decided I was just going to give it a try with the caveat that my first clients knew 100% that I had no idea what I was doing yet. I was basically like, listen, I'm happy to give this a try as long as you're willing to like learn with me along the way, because I'm kind of making this up and I'd love to give it a try as long as you know that one truth. And y'all, I fell in love with it. I felt absolutely in love with it, and I made it up as I went. The thing about life coaching is that life coaching is an unregulated business, okay? It's an unregulated industry. It's not like therapy. Um, You don't have to have a degree or credential in order to be a life coach, and there's good and bad with that, right? Because that means anybody can call themselves a life coach without any formal training, um, which can be bad because maybe you get a life coach that has no idea what they're doing, and they're not good at their job but it also gives you the freedom in being able to start where you are without having that formal training. And I had a lot of imposter syndrome about it. I was like, I didn't go through any life coach training. And then I had this like aha moment one day where I realized, oh my gosh, that degree that I got from college that I thought was going to be worth nothing other than a piece of paper and totally irrelevant to my career, it was in human development and education And that's kind of exactly what life coaching is. And not only that, but I had my own experience on my side and I really use that a lot as the foundation of my coaching business. And I started with a client and it went really really well and then another person reached out and I picked up another client and another client and I had these coaching clients on the side I all of a sudden had this side hustle to my now main hustle I had two businesses that I was managing and you know at the time I wasn't even telling people you know out loud that I was coaching this was all very organic people were just messaging me privately and I was doing it on the side and I I absolutely fell in love with it the word that kept coming up for me the year of 2020 which is when I I guess I first took my first coaching client in the year of 2019. So a year after I'd started my own health journey and the year that I went full-time as an entrepreneur, I, the, the word that just kept coming up for me was the word aligned. Like I felt as though my talents, my story, my struggles, my passions were all kind of falling into place in alignment in a way that I had never felt before. It was this, this work that did not feel like work at all All of a sudden me painting and designing for my burly and barley clients would deplete me I'd get to the end of the day and just be so mentally and emotionally exhausted Like I was really having to try so hard to be able to create this product for my clients But when I went into coaching and I left a session with a coaching client I felt like my cup was fuller than ever I felt like this honestly feels like what I was meant to do. And my heart kept pulling me in that direction. And I still wasn't sure though, is this, is this a viable business? Can I really make a living, a full-time living on coaching? Is it too risky to leave my design and marketing business behind to really go all in on this? Is that a good move for me? And then my big media exposure happened. At the time I was doing Burley and Barley full-time and I just had some coaching clients on the side and the team at Beef It's What's For Dinner, who I had connected with when I was at the Kentucky Beef Council, had reached out and said, Kaya, we love your story. We love that you have shared this, this incredible health journey story, that you have continued to eat beef and advocate for beef along the way. And we think that you're really, really great about speaking on camera. You know, I had to do that in my Kentucky Beef Council job. I was that girl on the morning news that was like the morning local news that was cooking up, you know, like here are three beef recipe ideas for your Super Bowl party or girl in for Father's Day. Here's some great recipes. Ideas. And so I had this experience being on camera, being on TV, doing interviews on the radio that had prepared me for this coaching job that I was currently doing in ways that I had not expected. So the Beef It's What's for Dinner team said, Hey, we love your story. Do you mind if we pitch it? And I said, Sure, of course, go for it. And they pitched my story to People magazine. And I was in the transformations issue of the July 2020 People Magazine. And People Magazine pitched my story to Good Morning America. I was on a two and a half minute segment on Good Morning America, which sounds so short, but was such a big deal. It went into Access Hollywood. I was in Women's Health Magazine. I was on Daily Mail. It snowballed into all of this insane media coverage the summer of 2020. And all of a sudden... I became a quote unquote social media influencer overnight. I think my Instagram went from like 4,000 people to 17,000 people. And my consultation calendar on my coaching website was instantly booked out for multiple weeks. And I knew that this was my moment. This was my chance to decide, am I going to really go for, am I going to go all in on coaching or am I going to continue to do this designing business, growing this, even though my heart isn't really in it anymore? And just continue to do coaching on the side. And after a lot of back and forth debating, I decided to give my Burley & Barley clients a one-month notice. And I decided to go full-time as Coach Kaya in my life coaching business in July of 2020. And it was exciting and terrifying all at the same time. And I think that's kind of just what entrepreneurship is, right? Entrepreneurship is challenging. It's scary. It's scary. It's lonely. It's wonderful. And sometimes it's all those things in one day. And my entrepreneurial journey, even though it's still pretty new to me, I started at the end of 2018. It has changed so much in the last few years. And I know that it's going to continue to change and evolve as I do, but it feels like such a gift, like the greatest thing I've ever done in my life and the hardest thing I've ever done in my life at the same time. You know, for me as someone who is a unapologetic extrovert. I think the hardest thing for me when I first started as an entrepreneur was the isolation of it. You know, I was I had these design clients and I was sitting at home all day with my barn cats, turned porch cats, and I was just painting. And I didn't have this group of people like I did when I was in an office that I could bounce ideas off of that I could feed off of that I could laugh with. And Brent would get home from work and I hadn't seen a single soul all day except the cats. <laughs> And I would bombard him with questions. I needed and craved human interaction so much. And he would get home and just be so exhausted from the day. And he's like, babe, can I, can I just have a minute to decompress? And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Let me know when you're ready to chat because um, I have so many things I need to talk about. <laughs> and I think that the loneliness of it was one of the hardest things. And, and even though now, I'm in a business where I can connect with people. I'm coaching with people and it gives me so much more life. Entrepreneurship can still feel lonely and challenging doing all the behind the scenes business without other people to bounce ideas off of. So I became a full-time coach in July of 2020 and I started with one-on-one coaching and I loved it. It was so beautiful. It was such a wonderful experience. I got to connect with some really incredible women from all across the country and I learned so much from them. And I realized though that I was trading hours for dollars. I could only grow and scale my business so much because I only had so many hours of the day to fit in clients. And I also realized that I could only help so many women because I only have so many hours in the day. And I recognized that this was a problem, that my business was not going to be scalable unless I created a different format of it. And that's what inspired me to create my first digital course. And my first digital course was called Fad Free and Mindful. And I invested in a digital course called digital course academy by amy porterfield that taught me how to make digital courses and at the time it was a terrifying investment it was the most money i had ever spent on myself and my business and it was two thousand dollars And i remember before clicking purchase i think i had like full body shivers and i was sweating and i was like oh my gosh can i do this like what if i don't make the money back this is so much money this is like all the money that i have and it was so scary but i decided to bet on myself I said, you know what? I'm willing to give this a try. I'm really willing to go all in on this. And I feel so confident in my ability to make this money back and then some. So I went for it. I spent the money. And a year later, I I took it at my own speed. I took my sweet time doing it. But a year later, I launched my first ever digital course. And I made back my money and then some in a really big way. And the first time in my life, I realized, holy crap, if I could create this money, this impact in my first year of coaching, not even my first full year of coaching, like imagine what's possible as I continue to grow this. So I launched my first course. And what I heard from those first students was, "Kaya, we love this, but what now? What next? Are you just going to leave us hanging here? And so I realized after learning from my, my customers, my clients, my community, I realized that they really needed this ongoing support. So in April of this year, April of 2021, I rebranded my course to be called Climb, and I launched it instead as a membership community in which the course was the backbone. And now I have a community of over 300 women that are walking this journey with me, that I have the incredible opportunity to coach, and my business has grown and changed in ways that I didn't expect. Now, one of the main things in my business is also motivational speaking. Me? Me? A motivational speaker, if you would have told me that, you know, when I was in college or when I start first started my job, I'd think, what on earth am I even talking about? Who? What authority do I have to be a motivational speaker? And it is one of the coolest things ever. I love speaking. I love it. I love getting on stage. I love connecting with the audience. I love being able to share this story and leaving the people in the audience's cups a little bit fuller than how I found them. And it's been Really, really interesting to see how my business has, has grown and evolved and I can't wait to see what happens next. But like I said, you know, entrepreneurship, it's challenging. It can be really lonely. It can be really scary and it can be so wonderful and incredible. But as a solo entrepreneur, I think one of the hardest lessons for me and something that I'm still learning is, is how to begin outsourcing and growing a team and learning that I can't do it all alone and I don't have to do it all alone. Now, my business is still mostly just me party of one. (laughs) I think a lot of people still get um, surprised when they email me and they get a response from me. Or if I respond to them on, on social media, yep, that's me. It's me. It's still me. I am, I don't have this army of people helping me draft social media captions. It's all me. I don't have an army of people that are helping me respond to emails or do customer service. That is all me but I will say that I have started to expand and contract out with a few other women that have really helped to support me. And what that looks like right now for my business is I do have a virtual assistant. I brought on a virtual assistant not too long ago and her name is Jill. She is so wonderful. Hey, Jill. I'm saying, Hey, Jill, because Jill is the one who actually edits this podcast. And helps me produce it and publish it out into the world. She also does help me manage some of my emails and behind the scenes scheduling. And Jill is wonderful. Her family ranches in Kansas. She is a mama to two sweet little girls. And I honestly cannot imagine doing this now without her and that support. And it's been one of the best investments that I've ever made in my business. So thank you, Jill. I'm so grateful to have you. I have also outsourced some help with my Facebook ads. I have a Facebook ads manager. Her name is Lauren. I went to 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 uh, I went to college with her at UC Davis and she has since moved to Iowa where she lives with her family. And she just recently became a full-time entrepreneur. She worked in agriculture until very recently and now she does this full-time. She is a business strategist and Facebook ads manager. And when I do my launches of my membership, she is the one that helps me put all those together and help strategize that out. I also have an assistant coach that pops in from time to time. My best friend, Jessica, who is a licensed therapist, will sometimes step in and do coaching calls with me within my community when I just need a little bit of extra help because the membership community is still mostly me, party of one. All the behind the scenes, all those coaching calls, it's me. It's Coach Kaya. And I also have some support from one of my first ever one-on-one coaching clients. Her name is Carrie. Carrie has actually been on the podcast before. We did a lesson or we did an episode all about lessons learned losing a hundred pounds. So y'all have heard from her before, but she helps me as a community support specialist. So she spends some time with me in the Facebook community, helping to answer questions, let new members in and all of that jazz. So Even though I still am a solopreneur, I technically don't have any employees, I am learning and growing and starting to ask for help. And it is not my strength yet, but I think that that's part of the entrepreneurship journey is just continuing to get a little bit better one step at a time. Just like this health journey, it's about the baby steps. It's about being 1% better, just 1% better, taking that next baby step forward from exactly where you're at. And entrepreneurship... It is one of the hardest things and scariest things I've ever done and one of the greatest gifts I've ever given myself to bet on me because not only has it created more time and financial freedom for me in my life, but it has also given me more purpose than I have ever felt in my career. And that is the greatest gift ever. If this episode sounds scattered, at all or all over the place. It really is probably just because it's a reflection of me as an entrepreneur and a lot of days I do feel scattered. You know, I consider myself to be a creative at heart and I love creating, whether it's creating this podcast, whether it is creating a workshop for a coaching, my coaching community, whether it is creating a keynote speech, whether it's creating a graphic, whether it's creating a watercolor illustration, I love to create. Organization, logistics, financials, taxes, those things I don't feel nearly as confident about. And what I've noticed is that the things that scare us that we're not good at are the things we tend to avoid. But if we continue to avoid those things, we're never going to gain the confidence that we need to do them. And just to be really honest and you know transparent with y'all, I recognize myself doing that. I will avoid Looking at my financial numbers, I will avoid making an appointment with my accountant and working on taxes. I will avoid focusing on doing systems and the back end stuff of business because it scares the crap out of me. And the reason that scares the crap out of me is because I don't know how to do it. But the more that I continue to avoid it, I'm never going to feel confident. It's always going to scare me. We've got to learn how to look at the things that scare us right in the face and work through them that's how we work through fear. It's not by running away from it. One of my friends, Nora, shared in my community recently the story of the buffalo. And I think I shared this before on my social media as well. And pretty much most animals in the animal kingdom, when a storm rolls in, their instinct is to turn and run away from the storm. And they will run away from the storm for hours, days, even weeks, thinking that they can outrun it. But the only animal that will turn and face the storm head-on is the buffalo. When a storm rolls in, it turns and it faces the storm head-on and runs straight into the storm. And it might be challenging and windy and rough and there might be rain and sleet and snow and you know, it, it, it might be awful, but it might only last 15 minutes. By facing the storm head-on, they are minimizing the amount of time that they have to walk through that discomfort. Whereas all the other animals that are running away from the storm, Are growing tired and weary and often don't have the endurance to outrun the storm so they end up running with it, maximizing how long they have to sit with that discomfort and tiring themselves out. What would it be like if instead, if we were like Buffalo and when the hardships and challenges and storms of our life came in, we didn't turn and run the other way, tiring ourselves out by trying to avoid it. What would it be like if we turned and faced the storm? And ran right into it head on. Because yeah, it might be hard. It might be uncomfortable. But we're going to get to the other side so much quicker. And I notice myself running away from those storms of entrepreneurship (laughs) in more ways than one. And something that I'm personally working on is being the buffalo and really facing the the things that scare me and make me really uncomfortable and knowing that the only way to get to the other side is straight through them. I want to wrap up this episode with a few of the big lessons that I've learned so far. And y'all that are probably experienced business owners might be listening to this thing like, she needs a business coach. And honestly, I do. I do need a business coach. I'm actually in the process of looking for one. So if you are a business coach listening to this, feel free to slide into my email inbox or my DMs and um, let's chat because that is something I'm looking for. But in my very brief time that I've had as an entrepreneur, I I like to think that I have learned a couple of things, and I'm going to share those with you knowing that I have so much left to learn. But this is what I've learned so far. The first lesson is just start. you got to be willing to be messy and learn as you go. I want you to know that you're going to have bad days. Things are not always going to pan out like you hoped. You might have clients that not be pleased with you. You might have clients and opportunities that fall through, and that doesn't mean that you are a bad entrepreneur. It doesn't mean that you were not cut out for this thing Honestly, it's just part of the process and I want you to learn to embrace it. Growth and learning don't happen when everything is going right. It happens when you make mistakes and you fail. So as a new entrepreneur, you're going to make a lot of those mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to get it wrong. It's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be messy. But I want you to embrace that that is part of the process. The next lesson I've heard is to ask questions and listen. And seek the answers that you don't know instead of trying to avoid the things that make you uncomfortable. I'm really talking to myself right here. I started by listening to podcasts. I reached out and asked people questions, and you might be willing, you might be surprised at how many people are willing to share with you some insights from their own experiences. You know, when I first started, I had a friend who was doing freelance marketing work who was happy to chat with me about what worked well for him. How did he organize his clients? How much did he charge? He was happy to share that business advice. When I first started with coaching, thinking I have no idea what I'm doing, I had a few friends that were happy to hop on the phone and talk to me about their own experience. And I would not have known a lot of the information had I not been willing to ask the question. I think a lot of times we're afraid to ask questions because we're afraid we're going to look stupid. But your unwillingness to ask questions is just going to leave you in the dark, continuing to make you feel stupid. You are not stupid. You are trying something new that you have never done before. Of course you don't know. So, be willing to ask questions and listen. The next lesson I've learned is give yourself permission to try and also give yourself permission to pivot. My business has taken many shapes and forms from burley and barley graphic design logos to watercolor to photography and editorial to now being a life coach and motivational speaker. And I imagine that this business of mine is going to continue to change and evolve in the future. And that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship. You get to be the one that kind of leads that direction. Now, that being said, I don't want you to give up on an idea if it doesn't work right away, if it doesn't work smoothly the first time. I want you to give it time and space to breathe, rework it, and re-strategize. Don't give up right away. But if you get halfway up the mountain you're climbing and you realize, oh my gosh, I don't even think this is the right mountain that I want to be climbing, I think it's okay to change directions. That's kind of how I felt with my barley and barley business. I had started up this mountain. I was halfway up. I was already making good progress, but I looked up and realized wait, as this continues to grow, the future of this business isn't the future that I want. This isn't my mountain. It's time for me to climb a new one. And making that pivot was scary, but it was the best decision that I've ever done. The next thing I want to tell you, and this is a big one, one I have to remind myself of regularly, is don't compare your beginning. To someone else's middle. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. This is your entrepreneurial journey. Nobody else's. Comparison will cripple you if you let it. I think someone said once that comparison is the thief of joy, and I agree. When I get into a funk in my business, usually it's because I'm recognizing that I keep looking outside of myself and holding myself up against others, and that isn't helping me at all. Someone else's success doesn't mean that there's any less room for you and your success. If anything, it's just an example of what's possible. And we all have our own paths. We all have our own timelines. I also want you to know that whatever you see on the outside of someone's business, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So sometimes we just got to put on our blinders, put our head down and do the work and honor our own path and where we're at instead of comparing our beginning to somebody else's middle. And the last thing I want to tell you is just to keep learning. I have not arrived. In no way have I arrived. I still feel like I'm making everything up as I go and learning along the way. And maybe that's a secret to this. I still feel like I am a fraud sometimes. I still struggle with imposter syndrome more often than I'd like to admit. But no matter what, I'm continued to always be learning and always be growing. And the other thing I want you to know is that so much of this journey, yes, it is about what you do and the actions that you take and the strategies that you implement, and, and how you show up for yourself. But at the core of this journey is how you think. It's mindset. It's how you think about yourself. It's how you speak to yourself after making a mistake, after failing, after falling on your face, after getting bad feedback from a customer, and recognizing that your worth and your value is not dependent on what someone else thinks. You are inherently worthy and valuable. And if you keep showing up from a place of your willingness to learn and fill your way forward with the purpose of serving and serving well and creating value, I think you can go really, really far in this. Now, this is just a high level overview of what my entrepreneurial journey has looked like. And (laughs) it feels messy and maybe that's okay. I think it is okay. And I'm so excited about what the future holds for Coach Kaya and this business. And I'm just so excited to have you all along that journey with me along for the ride. You know, I I have learned so much by watching other people grow and succeed and also fail. And I'm committed to letting you watch me do those same things too. So I am here to celebrate the wins with you. And I'm also here to tell you the sucky parts too. (laughs) And um, we are all just climbing and growing together. So if you have a dream on your heart, I say go for it. Stop hoping and wishing, but start taking action. I can't wait to introduce you to some of the other amazing entrepreneurs that we're going to bring on the show this month. You have so much to learn from them. I have so much to learn from them. I think it's going to be really, really great. So make sure to tune into that. In the meantime, I love y'all so, so much and I'll see you next time. But PS, before we leave in the future, later this fall, I'm going to be doing a Coach Kaya tell all episode with my best friend, Jessica. Jessica and I went to high school together, so we have been good friends since my sophomore year of high school, and we also went to college together, and she was also my maid of honor in my wedding. She knows me better than most people do, and she is going to be interviewing me for a Coach Kaya Tell All episode. So if you have a question that you want to know from me, no matter what it's about, it could be about anything, about what I was like as a kid, what my favorite color is. It could be about anything. I want you to click the link in the show notes and you can submit your questions and ask us directly. And Jessica is going to be asking me all of your questions so that she can really give you an authentic glimpse into Coach Kaya. And being interviewed by my best friend means she's also going to call me out if she thinks that my answer is BS because she knows me better than anyone else. So if y'all have a question, I would love for you to click that link in my show notes and ask those away. And in an upcoming episode, you can tune in to hear the answer. I love y'all so much. Please share this episode if you found something in this to be helpful and take some time to leave a rating and review on iTunes, and we will see you next week. Love y'all so much. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review, sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.